Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw, and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Breck, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another Impact Wrestling pay-per-view review. This time I'll be reviewing the highly anticipated and highly publicised pay-per-view Hard to Kill 2021. So um, yeah, I want to thank Fight once again for allowing me the opportunity to you know, review this show and give away one of the free codes. Um, and I hope who um, the gentleman who won the free code, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's always great doing the contests and so many great um, answers and feed, so much great feedback from people. So thank you so much for entering. And um, yeah, I'm going to kick straight off with this pay-per-view review. Um, it's quite long, but I really want to start talking about it because it really enjoyed this pay-per-view. So the first um, part of the show, was an opening package which was brilliant i thought it really set the stage for the main event beautifully and the show as a whole but especially the main event i thought that um the actual little bit where moose appeared because alex shelley unfortunately was unable to compete um i thought that was brilliant i thought he looked so good when he was stood there with um chris saban and uh, rich swan after the events of the previous show genesis i thought it looked really really good and um it looked awesome and the way he um you know conducted himself I thought it was great as well. So really enjoyed that, the first opening package. It was great. Um, and then we came into the show and a new announced team for everybody in Impact now. So the new announced team is Matt Stryker of WWE fame and D'Lo Brown also of WWE fame. So really, um, you know, really interesting uh, dynamic between these two. I believe it was the first time they'd ever announced together. As everyone knows, Matt Stryker is one of the best announcers going. Um, brilliant work in WWE and beyond, you you know, Lucha Underground with Vampiro, he was phenomenal. And D'Lo has been on commentary before, I believe, but not in this kind of a capacity for a big show. And I thought they both worked really well. Um, I feel at times, though, Matt Stryker did go a little bit Tony Schiavante with um, the greatest day in our history of our sport and the biggest day in the history of our sport. That kind of, at first, it felt a little bit much but it soon kind of died off and, and it was nerves you know this was a big event and you know coming back into announcing but i thought both of them were were brilliant and they both came off great again with one another i thought they were a really great announce team um really enjoyed the work what they put on the um on the announcing so in um, the first match which was the opening match was crazy steve and rosemary of decay um against tinel dashwood and caleb with a k uh, this was the first time in four years that um, we'd seen Decay um, as a tag team, according to D-Lo and commentary, which was pretty cool. Um, bizarrely, though, the match started, you heard some sort of background noise in an audience and sort of um, crowd noise, which wasn't there in the previous shows. So I don't know if they've been listening to Feedback Impact or whatever it is, but they kind of had a sort of fake crowd noise in the background, which was actually a welcome addition, actually. It kind of detracted from it being a silent sort of um, warehouse-esque um, arena. Um, so that was a really nice little touch, actually. I thought it really helped um, the show as it went along. Um, and yeah, this match was fun, actually. I thought it was I thought it was okay. It was a little bit clunky at times, though. There was a couple of spots where I was a bit... Oh, um, 
so the main one was later on in the match, um, near the finish, where um, Crazy Steve um, spit mist into the face of Tanel Dashwood, and then that was followed by Rosemary's hair being pulled by Caleb on the outside, and then another lot of mist going into the eyes of Caleb, and it and it just felt a little bit um, you know, a bit a bit much. It felt, it felt a little bit kind of clunky, um, but pretty good stuff. You know, it was it was a fun little match. There was a beautiful neck crank. What he'd done um, in the previous week, Crazy Steve. What I thought looked brilliant. Um, there was a beautiful running uh, DDT driver as well from Crazy Steve. Crazy Steve's really been impressing me as as of late. Um, I thought it was really good stuff from Decay. Um, Tanel Dashwood and Caleb of a K, you know I'm a big fan of Caleb Conley from what I've said in the past. Tanel Dashwood, I get the gimmick, um, it's just not to my taste. Um, great wrestler, so, you know, bring it, but just not my cup of tea, the whole gimmicky thing. Um, but this was a good start to the show, set things off in a good way and it was fun, you know, which is the main thing, it was a fun start to the show and this was fun. Um, so then from there we got into an, um, a backstage promo with um, Don Callis and... He came into the um, arena with them um, on the backstage with Omega and the Good Brothers, and Don Callis has got to be one of the best, you know, uh, non sort of uh, wrestling entities of modern times. His aura now that he's um, with Kenny Omega is unbelievable. You know, the jacket and the way he holds himself, brilliant. You know, I thought it was really, really. Um, harking back to the days of like the Four Horsemen and JJ Dillon, and um, really look really good. You know, he's really good on it. He's just phenomenal, Don Callis, who really helps Kenny actually. Like I've said before, I think he's the kind of missing ingredient Kenny needed, um, in this kind of a role. So yeah, it was brilliant. Um, and then from there we got into the um old school rules six man tag, which has Eric Young, um. Joe Doring and Cody Dina of VBD, so Violence by Design, against Rhino, um, Tommy Dreamer and Jake Something, the former um, tag partner of Cody Dina, or Cousin Jake. Um, yeah, this was, I don't know, I, I get what they were going for, but it's just every Tommy Dreamer match you've ever seen, every Rhino match you've ever seen, they were just, it was just kind of there. He didn't really do anything for me. Bizarrely, they got thumbtacks out, and I don't know why they got thumbtacks out in a match like this. And it didn't, you know, it just didn't make any sense to me. It just seemed a bit far-fetched. Um, but the real standout of this match, as I've said all along since he debuted, Joe Doring. Joe Doring is the second coming of Stan Hansen. He's an absolute beast. I've watched him in All Japan Pro Wrestling tearing it up. Here again, he was an absolute monster. He is fast, he can move, he's got power, he's massive. Like, you look at the size of him and he's like sort of Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Gordy size. He's an absolute monster. Um, him and Jake, something when they were going out was great. Um, there was a point though in the match which was a bit uncomfortable where Tommy Dreamer was trying to kind of catch um, Eric Young in, um, sorry, I, I tell like Cody Dina in kind of like a power bomb, but it missed. Um, oh no, sorry, it was uh, it was Eric Young, I do apologise. Eric Young from the top turnbuckle, but it missed. And he sort of smacked him in the head. That looks a little bit nasty. Um, yeah, it, well, it was what it was. Um, pile driver from Eric Young got the win. Um, it was okay, but not the best match on this show. It could have been cut, in my opinion. This could have been fine for Impact or the pre-match show. But, you know, great great debut on pay-per-view for, for um, Joe Doring. Really want to see more of him in the future. And Jake Something. I think Jake Something is amazing. Both those guys, you know, thumbs up. Brilliant. Um, great performances. 
So from there, we then got into a um, promo from Rich Swan and Chris Saban, and then they were um, joined by Moose, um, who came in and um, said that um, he was going to be um, on the side of Impact because he's worked at a lot of football games where he's not like the guys uh, backstage, but then when he's been on the field, he's put that aside to... Um, you know, be one for the team, and um, Swan kind of was a bit unsure, but because he'd taken William Mack out, but you know, their loyalty to Impact was all there, and um, it, it was brilliant. This promo, Moose on this show, I'm going to say out right now, was the star of this show. It, I know a lot of fans who are fans of AEW or wrestling have not seen Moose, um, and this was the first time they were seeing him. You couldn't have picked a better show to see Moose from the first time. This is the best he's looked in years, if not ever. He was an absolute standout on this show. And this promo, once again, really great stuff. Um, you know, he, he really fit that aura beautifully of holding the um, impact, um, you know, banner on his back. Even more so than Rich Swan, the impact champion, I might say. Uh, and Chris Saban, you know, he gave him props on the promo as well. I thought it was really, really good stuff. I thought it was brilliant. Um, nothing again. All these promos on the show really were good. I really enjoyed all of them. I thought they were all great. Um, and that then uh, led into another promo, which was leading into the um, the Impact um, Knockouts Tag Team Championship uh, Finals. So uh, Tasha um, Steeles and Kira Hogan were taking on Havoc and uh, Nevaeh. So um, and Brian Hebner bizarrely returned back in. Um, as a um, referee for this match, so I believe he's back in um, Impact, maybe full-time, I'm not sure. He looked very worried, though, on camera. He looked very worried. I'm not sure why. Maybe that was just me, but he looked a bit worried. Um, <laughs> it was kind of referenced on commentary. Um, and the belts themselves, the actual Impact um, Knockout Tag Team Championship belts, are beautiful, you know, really nicely designed. And I like how they mentioned those um, at the announce booth. I thought that was great. Um, this was really, really, really good stuff. I really enjoyed this tag match a lot. I thought that the dynamics of the speed of the um, of Fire and Flavor against Havoc and Nevaeh with the power was beautifully told. Um, Havoc's power in this match was unbelievable. You know, catching both of uh, Fire and Flavor and then dropping them in a follow-up slam was fantastic. Um, Nevaeh bringing in the um, you know crazy striking and some great a great DDT. Um, there was a awesome looking jumping neck breaker which got a close two count which looked incredible. Um, there was a stunner which was caught into a head scissors which was then followed by the fisherman buster from um, Fire and Flavor and then that got the victory for um, the Tasha Ho sorry Tasha Steels and Kira Hogan. So they are now the new. Um, knockout um, tag team champions and um, they were presented with the belts by um, former um, knockout champions and um, one former um, TNA Hall of Famer um, Gail Kim and Madison Rain. so that was a cool little nod to them for the future I really liked that actually I thought that was a nice little um, a little sort of uh, passing of the torch moment I thought that was really good but again this match was great you know I love the dynamics of the two teams I loved the chemistry they both had. And all four of these women, you know, they went at it. You know, they were really... This felt like a big deal. And sometimes with these kind of matches, you know, they don't feel like that. But this felt like a really big deal. And the whole way this tournament's been booked, I think they really got that off really well. So congratulations to uh, Fire and Flavor for uh, being the new knockout tag team champions. And um, looking forward to your reign. So that was really good. 
So from there, we then got to a backstage promo with um, Taya Valkyrie coming out saying that she will defeat uh, Diana later in the night for the um, for the knockouts um, champion. Sorry, the knockouts championship, um, and she was joined by Decay. Um, who were sort of her um, part of her stable in a way, um, which was pretty cool. But then bizarrely, AC Romero had a Sherlock Holmes hat on and snuck into the knockouts locker room. You know, I don't know how AC Romero, given the sizes, can sneak into the lockout knockouts locker room. But you know, I guess it's as good as mine. Um, yeah, it was a bit strange. Um, but you know, it is what it is, and we'll find out a bit more later on. Um, and then from there, we were going to get into the next match, but then Ace Austin, um, the recently new crowned Super X Cup champion, came out, who said he was on the Countdown show and he hadn't been given a match on the pay-per-view, even though he was the number one contender for the X Division. And he wanted to add him into the match, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that because um, it had already been signed. But then um, Scott Demore came out and said that um, instead of putting him in that match, he will be facing somebody else. And um, of all people, it was Matt Cardona. So um, if you don't know who Matt Cardona is by that name, it's none other than Zack Ryder of uh, WWE fame. Um, I actually didn't know, given my limited knowledge of WWE nowadays, that Zack Ryder had actually left the WWE. So I was a bit shocked to see him actually turning up in Impact. Um, he looks great, though. Looks brilliant. You know, his body looks great. And I love his little... Um, I love his uh, robe, what he wore to the ring, and the kind of, um, the uh, I want to say sort of like decoration, the, the dangling sort of, um, you know, straps on it. I thought it looked great. Um, this was really fun for what it was, the way it lasted. Um, it was more like storyline progression more than anything, um, but really good, strong debut from Matt Cardona. Um, Madman Fulton um, on the outside as well, he got involved, and then it ended up being a DQ because um, he got involved with some interference. But then um, Matt Cardona hit a massive famouser um, onto um, um, Madman uh, Fulton and uh, chased Ace Austin out of the ring. So it was really fun debut, really fun. Um, really great way um, to establish him into the Impact roster. And, you know, as someone mentioned on social media as well, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder are now in uh, Impact, so Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. So we may see a um, reunion of sorts of them. So, yeah, so good stuff once again. You know, it wasn't much of a match, but it was a good way to establish a big, you know, guy coming in, you know, who can hopefully get a lot more buzz for their um you know, impact going forward, so that was good. Um, and then following that, we then got um, the X Division three-way match, which had a really fun VT, uh, which was between uh, Chris Bay, um, Rohit Raju, and the champion Manic. Uh, crazy speed in this one, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, it was what I want to say is, is there was a lot. Of, it was a bit of a spot fest, and the kind of psychology was a bit lost. But some of the stuff these guys did was unbelievable. Um, the standout for me was when um, was when what happened is is that um, well before before I get into that sorry so so Manic basically had his mask removed by Rahit Raju and then it showed um, this gentleman in um, in face paint um, and it turned out to be if by you know by resemblance TJP but that wasn't explicitly mentioned on paper on um, on the uh, commentary. But it was a bit weird. Like, it just suddenly then turned into an... I expected it to kind of come near the end of the match, but instead it was in the middle of it, and it didn't go anywhere, and it just felt a bit weird. I don't know, maybe on impact something will come from it, but it felt a bit weird. Um, 
didn't really feel that. It was a bit strange. But taking away from that, the the moment which I thought this match just took it to a whole nother level was when um, was when Manic went up for a frog splash onto Rahit Raju, and then Chris Bay ran into the ring and he jumped up and he landed a huge cutter onto um, Manic which, you know, absolutely took me by surprise and knocked me for six. I thought it was unbelievable. And then that only got a two count. Um, and then from there, it was just move after move. So we got, you know, um, we got a spike DDT. We got a crazy crucifix bomb for a two count. We got, you know, just um, a double knee stomp from Rahit Raju into a cross face, which got a close two count when he was on the ropes. And then we got a knee following a splash, which then got a two count. And it was just great athleticism. But what actually won the match was there was um a, a there was sort of like a an exchange of um of uh, pinfalls. And then Manic had got um if you remember the old WWE games, um Rob Van Dam used to do a cover where he would grab the person by the legs and then it would roll him into a pin. So Manic did that and then he landed his body on top of um. I believe it was Rahit Raju, and then uh, Manic got the win. So it was it was a fun match. Manic retained. Um, the whole thing with the mask lost on me. Maybe it'll come out later on. I don't know. But great spots. They worked really hard. Fast pace. Really inventive work from all three guys. All totally different wrestlers as well, and they just meshed really well. I thought it was great. Um, so yeah. So that was another thumbs up. You know, um, really enjoyed it. Really good way to um, kind of go into the second part of the show. So um, following on from that match, we then got a promo backstage between Eddie Edwards and his wife Alicia Edwards about the um, upcoming Barbed Wire Massacre between Eddie and uh, Sammy Callahan. Yeah, it was... It was good this just that Eddie was saying he didn't know he was going to end up home and that she didn't he didn't want Alicia going out there and getting involved in this match. Um yeah, it was it was good for what it was, you know. Um Eddie, you know, obviously, um and Sammy have got a really storied rivalry. I actually put it as my favourite impact rivalry of all time, um, in a recent round table for the wrestling estate. Um I feel that the history between the two of them and the way it kind of has elevated both men in different sort of ways of their careers in impacts, I feel is why it's the best feud in impact history. Um or rivalry, however you may want to say it. Um it can be argued against and there are various feuds which have been equally as, you know, um, important but for me I feel that especially in the latter part of Impact while it rebranded this is definitely the feud which you know has catapulted both men into you know the spotlight so um so yeah so that was coming up later on but before that we then had um a match for the knockout um championship so that's between uh Diana Perazzo the champion and Taya Valkyrie uh, brilliant video once again brilliant video package before this match you know all the video packages are outstanding on this show um really love what they're doing with all the um you know video work and vt things at the moment it's great um so when taya came out she was um joined by rosemary and crazy steve and when diana came out she was joined by her um her stable of kimberly and susan also known as sue young i mean a different guys um and it also mentioned, and pretty cool little thing Matt Stryker mentioned, was that Lance Storm uh, trained Taya Valkyrie and that Rip Rogers trained uh, Diana Perrazzo. So really strong pedigree there of technical wrestling with both of them. Um, this was straight out off the bat. Tons of brawling, violent stuff. 
you know, both went at it, hammer and tongs. Um, they ended up on the outside, um, and then uh, Kimberly was getting involved, grabbing um, grabbing Taya, and then all of the people on the outside were getting involved. But then um, the referee asked them, said that they were all to leave the um, the arena, where all the people on the outside. So then it became one on one on one between Diana and Taya. And then from there, it just became a technical masterclass. It was beautiful, this match. Um, you know, Diana Perrazzo, we had the pleasure of interviewing her, myself and Chris um, before Bound for Glory. One of the best psychology um, works in the game, one of the best technical wrestlers in the game. Unbelievable work here. The work she did on the arm of Taya was... Oh, it was it was nasty. There was some really vicious looking um locks on her arm, and there was a vicious looking knee lock as well. The way she works over the body, really kind of concentrating on the different joints and things, really adds into the technical side of things. I thought it was brilliant, and the fact that Taya, you know, was then using the psychology and was you know selling it beautifully that she you know was losing her limbs as she went. I thought it was great. Um. But Taya, you know, she was fighting back. You know, there was a great Saito suplex. Um, tried going for a DDT, which got um, you know, countered. Um, there was an also really scary looking um sort of ankle um twist from Taya onto um Diana. So she actually sort of like bent her ankle sort of round itself and then landed a curb stomp on her head. That looked scary. You know, and the face what Taya was pulling was like she was just out for revenge. You know, which I thought was brilliant. Um. The psychology, like I said, it was just so well wrestled, this match. And what actually ended the match, which I thought was even more awesome was that, and scary, was that ordinarily Taya, sorry, um, Diana goes for the armbar, Fujiwara armbar. So she went for that, but then Taya kind of countered it. But then Diana countered that again, so she was able to put her back where she needed her um, to lock it in. But then she also caught the other arm, and then she kind of did a modified cattle mutilation. So any of you who are Brian Danielson and Marks of old will know the cattle mutilation finisher he used to use, where he grabbed both the opponent's arms and then um, sort of twisted them both in on one another. This was you could you could see the pain like the 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 way she got the torque on the arms was oh it was scary. Um, it was like straight out of you know catch wrestling from Diana. It looked unbelievable, and then that got the win. Taya had to give up, um, and yeah, great, great wrestling. Both of them great wrestlers. Standout match here from both of them. I want to see them go uh, have another match at some point. You know they both just left it all in the ring, and it was unbelievable. This match, loved it. Thought it was great. You know, really great pace again. And as I said on a lot of these impact reviews, and I need to say this again. Everything on this match was greatly paced and everything got time, but everything was different. Everything you could, if you're a fan of hardcore wrestling, there was hardcore wrestling. If you're a fan of technical wrestling, there was technical wrestling. If you're a fan of high flying wrestling, there's high flying wrestling. Everything is, every box is ticked and nothing feels like it's forced. Nothing feels like it doesn't work. Um, it's all working really well. And I love how these shows are being paced and booked because it's just working out such a breeze to watch you know this match was again just two thumbs up brilliant um from there we then got a promo from ac romero and johnny bravo saying ac romero saying that larry d his partner was set up for shooting johnny bravo i don't need any more of this the whole thing's stupid it's just not my cup of tea, this, you know, we've got enough shootings going on in the world, we don't need this to be put into the wrestling world, not necessary, um, put this feud and put this whole thing to bed, 
it's it's not my it's not needed um so yeah that's enough of that for my taste but then from there we then got into one of the fun parts of the show one of the more unique parts of the show so we got ethan page against his alter ego the karate man so um <laughs> this was um so Ethan Page has been on a downward spiral after he lost several matches for the North with uh, Josh Alexander. So then he was having to look within himself and he found the karate man um within himself. So the karate man is essentially um you know, Ethan Page's alter ego based upon, you know, the karate um sort of eighties um characters of old um really fun character you know been on the indie scene for a while as the karate man and he's coming into impact he's been in impact a while um but this was you know very different that's one thing i love as well about impact is we'll try something different just to you know um go with it and see what happens this is very much in the vein of sort of the um the broken Matt Hardy um, final deletion um, sort of vein of years ago. Um, just very, you know, very fun, very different. Um, there was uh, just, so basically there was a green screen and um, they'd done it so Ethan Page was fighting the karate man and they had like a big punch battle to start with and then it all kind of result uh, resulted in, you know, them taking out one another with various punches and kicks and, um, the karate man got the advantage in the end and what was great was that um, he'd um, taken out Ethan Page and then Ethan Page was on the floor and in the same um, sort of vein as a Mortal Kombat um, karate man went and grabbed Ethan Page's beating heart much like Kano out of Mortal Kombat and said not so hard to kill and so in the, you know, essentially fatality, <laughs> which is really good. And then me laugh and everybody probably at the same time was saying, Karate Man wins fatality. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was good fun. Ethan Page is amazing. There's nothing this guy can't do. He's, you know, the future of the industry, in my opinion. He is the present and the future of the industry. Can do character work, can do heel work, can do face work. He's an incredible wrestler. Unbelievable ma uh, unbelievable segment and match, if you want to put it that way. Tons of fun. Uh, loved it. Thought it was great. Um, and then from there, we then came back to Don Callis, who was in the back, and he was talking um, on his. He was talking of all people to Moose. So um, he was telling Moose that they'd just signed him into another couple of years on his contract, but he also said for Moose to um, brother it up, um, implying about the Good Brothers and Kelly Omega with the Bullet Club. Um, and um, he uh, Moose didn't take kindly to this and was saying that he's on the Impact team and that he was going to take uh, Don Callis's kids' title, insinuating that once Rich he's beaten Rich Swan for the Impact title, he'll go over to AEW and take the AEW title. So yeah, this again was a really good little segment and it really established Moose again on this show. Um, and Don Callis, you know, as the evil kind of mastermind or as he puts himself, the invisible hand, which I think is a great um, a great nickname. Um, brilliant creativity there. And then um, the following match from this was the um, barbed wire massacre between Eddie Edwards and his arch rival, Sammy Callahan. Um, so um, Eddie Edwards came out with some tights and I noticed throughout the match that they actually said die hard to kill so Eddie Edwards is known as die hard Eddie Edwards but die hard to kill you know I thought it was a really cool little touch actually and I love little things like that in wrestling where you're able to see them as the match goes on um, this was um, you know really good um, it was violent but then again I was expecting 
it's hard because barbed wire massacres are incredibly violent. If anyone's seen them on the early days of Impact with Abyss and, you know, Judas Macias, even LAX, you know, they're um, they're violent affairs. And I don't know how much you could get past the censors nowadays, especially if you're putting on a show like this. But the way they put everything in the match, it worked well. You know, I thought that there were points in this match, though, which were really violent. So um, the suicide dive Eddie Edwards did straight into the barbed wire board was nuts. Um, that was scary, actually. Um, and then when Mick... Um, Sorry, Sammy Callahan went for the Cactus Jack Mick Foley elbow off the um, apron. I thought that was a really cool little um, nod to Mick Foley. Um, he even did the bang bang, which was really cool. Um, there was um, a blue thunder bomb onto a steel chair wrapped in barbed wire, which only got a two count. That was crazy. Um, he then um, was rammed Eddie Edwards into the steel. There was like a steel cage um, side, what was put up in the side of the ring at the side of the ring and um he was actually rammed into that into his face which looked vicious um and then they actually had like some um sort of barbed wire um hail and um, like circles of barbed wire which they put around each other's fists and then they were going at one another punching one another which looked scary um and then after they'd sort of got at one another with their baseball bat for sammy and the um kendo stick for uh, for uh, eddie what happened then was unbelievable so sammy callahan got eddie edwards onto the um he got him onto the turnbuckle and then he landed a top rope pile driver through a barbed wire board which got a two count and that was then followed by eddie edwards doing a boston knee party after much um after he got, got his um bearings back into sammy callahan with a barbed wire chair we got on one count and that was followed then by an insane-looking Emerald Fusion um, into the barbed wire chair and board, which got the win, and that was a really brutal finish. I thought that looked really... The way they caught that on camera looked great and scary at the same time. Um, really good. It was brutal, but it wasn't over-the-top brutal. It just worked really well. Um, whether it will end the feud, I don't know, but it was a really good story or chapter in this feud, let's put it that way. But I thought it was really, really good and a really good semi-main event leading into the main event. Um, and it was it was really good as well to see um, that, you know, you can do sort of this kind of a match without having to resort, like sometimes Abyss did, for example, tons of blood. There was enough blood and it just worked really well um, with like the violent factor. So, yeah, really good. And then just before the main event, we got um, a promo for Rebellion, which is the next Impact pay-per-view, which is taking place on April the 24th. Um, so that was the next upcoming pay-per-view we'll all be looking forward to. Um, and then just before the main event as well, we got the promo package of the year, which I thought was unbelievable, uh, which was sort of highlighting Kenny Omega being the ultimate wrestler in the world um, and the story of the Good Brothers joining Kenny and the impact. Um, it was it was similar to the one which started the show, but it wasn't the same one that started the show, but an incredible package, incredible. So, um, so this then led into the main event of the evening, which was the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega with Don Callis, the Invisible Hand, against Chris Saban, Moose, and the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan. So on the way out to the ring, the um, the Good Brothers had on Bullet Club attire. Um, were able to explicitly mention the Bullet Club on commentary. 
um, due to legal reasons, but you could see them there, um, which was pretty cool. And then Don Callis did an, an awesome announcement um, for um, Kenny Omega. It was like, if you wanted to big someone up more than you needed to, this was it. It was insane. Kenny took a while to come out as well, making the people, you know, if they were there, wait for it, and the people at home. And he just felt like a massive star coming in. He just he, he just oozes so much charisma, Kenny Omega. You know, it was just such a massive moment, you know, um, huge moment, um, seeing Kenny of all places, you know, impact. Um, just, just awesome, you know, just starstruck. Um, and then from there, we then, um, you know, went into the match and... Um, it was just, um, I mean, I, I couldn't actually make enough notes to, <laughs> my pencil was running out of, um, you know, steam. It was just like steam was coming off my pencil. It was insane. You know, so many spots, so much great work. Star of this match, though, was Moose. Moose, if you haven't seen him, you need to watch this match and you need to see why Moose, although I've been very hard on him recently, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And this is proof of that. One of the best athletes in the world of wrestling. He looked like a million bucks in this match. And the stuff that he was bringing out in this match took me by surprise. He knew this was his moment to shine. And it just felt like a big deal for him. And you could just see the stuff he was doing. I mean, he did a standing moonsault, of all things, which was crazy. Kenny Omega and him, the chemistry was there from the start. It, it, it was just... Um, you know, an absolute war, you know, Moose and Kenny went at it, there was a gut wrench power bomb that got a two count, there was then from that, the, the moment of the match for me, there was a Spanish fly from Moose, which then followed into a cradle shock from Chris Saban, which almost got the two count on Kenny Omega, three count on Kenny Omega, but it was a two count, and it, I, I was just jumping out of my seat, I thought that was amazing, just Awesome stuff. I actually don't want to say anything more about this match because I will say though that the finish um, was great. Where um, and it was a surprise in that um, Rich Swan was taken advantage of. He tried to go for the four fifty splash, but he missed. And then um, Kenny Omega came in with the one winged angel and got the win for the Good Brothers and um, Kenny Omega. Um, so it was really unexpected for them to win, but the way this match was put on was un amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, the, the quality of everyone in this match was off the charts. And Moose and Kenny Omega is a match I so want to see now more than ever. And um, even, and, and like they said on commentary, maybe even with Alex Shelley not there, it was so much more exciting with Moose there because he was the unknown entity coming in. And he over-delivered. It, it was an absolutely amazing end to an amazing show, this. And this was one of those things as well. I want to go back and watch this match as soon as possible to just appreciate how good it was without making notes as well. And I can't say any more than that. This, ma this match was incredible. The show was great. There were a couple of matches which you could maybe, you know, flick through, but nothing which I would say don't watch. You know, everything deserves time. Everything was paced beautifully. The show itself hit everything as it wanted to do. It, it was booked great to be able to further a storyline on as well. And it just knocked it out of the park. This was just an unbelievable show, once again, from Impact. This was a pay-per-view, you know, which Impact can be incredibly proud of. You know, and what's amazing is that Kenny Omega might have been, you know, and he's an AEW, he's the AEW world champion, you know, and he was the only AEW star on the show, 
And I think what it says for me is, is that all of these other guys, regardless of if you're an AEW fan or not, are Impact guys, and they all put it out there, and it showed why Impact really needs to be watched by a lot more people, and a lot more people need to take it seriously, because everybody, you know, just just knocked it out of the park. Incredible, you know, incredible show. I can't not recommend this show enough. Star of the show, Moose, match of the show, Good Brothers and Kenny Omega against Moose, Rich Swan, and Chris Saban. The main event made it, you know, but the whole show... Two thumbs up, knocked it out of the park. Order this thing as soon as possible. You really need to watch it. That's all I can say. Um, and thank you once again, Fight, for allowing me to review this show because I thoroughly enjoyed it once again. And it was just a blast. And if my review hasn't helped you all see that you you know you need to watch this show, then I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so, yeah, so thank you. Two thumbs up. Highly recommend it. Go out and watch it now. Um, so thank you everyone for listening once again and um, just to finish off um, if you want to follow the um, Broken But Glorious podcast on Twitter you can find us at BBG uh, at BBG Wrestling and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com so that does it for me here Stephen Jackson aka SDJ215 with this review of Hard To Kill 2021 two thumbs up order it straight away watch it, enjoy it Thank you, everybody. See you all soon.